Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Eager. Joining me again to talk FCS, to talk draft props, to preview next week, which will be a bigger week for both this podcast as well as the NFL and PFF in general. Ben Brown. Ben, how's it going on this Friday night? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited here for week five of the FCS action. I think we're going to get, um, you know, maybe some NFL player movement as well with free agency starting next week. So I'm hoping that we get, um, you know, some more maybe draft props, maybe even some free agency landing spots. It's a market that I haven't actually seen uh, too much of at this point in time. I do think it was um a lot more popular last year so maybe we'll get some you know in-week action on some free agency landing spots for players as well as we come up on this week yeah absolutely this i I can't believe we're already week five but i guess we're you know we're we're well into the nfl offseason and for the third straight year we've been gifted uh you know football um this is the we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the xfl being canceled um which of course I think this was actually the day where I drove into um, Hollywood Casino, Lawrenceburg, and and cashed out my 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 betting tickets for the season, thinking there's no way we're ever going to get uh, more right. games in in XFL. Um, and you know, and I took a picture. The only like thing was our friend Mike Tarico on uh, calling a golf. Uh, tournament. That was the only thing on any of the TVs. All sports had been halted at that point. We are in a better place now. We have college football. Things seem to be rolling here. Um, and last week, for the second consecutive week, Ben, you and I, we had a positive week. We went uh, three and two. Uh, the Virginia Military Institute under was an absolute stone cold lock to the point where we're now dealing with a VMI under of 57, which it was 63 last week. Ben, we were even sweating out, and this was actually the sweat. We had an under 28 and a half second half um, right. that ended up hitting as well. That was actually the, the sweat. Um, that one was great. And then on Sunday, what we got, which was pretty fun, or was it Saturday? I think it was, I think it was Sunday. We got Jackson State um, not only uh, covering the number at 10 and a half, but winning the game outright courtesy of a fumble at the goal line. Um, Deion Sanders bunch 2-0 uh, against a pretty solid Grambling State team. We did, however, you know, obviously Idaho was a pick. They had an actually a double-digit lead, gave that up. Dixie State had a double-digit lead, gave that up. So we could have been 5-0, and Ben, but right. we'll settle for 3-2 and two, uh, on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think the plays that we were most confident in, like the VMI, Western Carolina, under 63, that one felt really good to get to the window. Um, and I do think, you know, we felt pretty good about Jackson State, kind of like you touched on as well. So it was a 10.5-point dog. Um, winning outright, I do think they were the correct play as well. Um, the other ones, I do think there's some things we can probably learn just about the teams. I don't think Idaho is probably as good as we anticipated, but uh, that doesn't mean that we might not be going back to the well again on Dixie State coming up here in week five. So we'll see. So let's get into it, Eric. Eric, give me uh, give me the first play that you got coming up here on week five. Yeah, this one's actually starting at noon uh, today, Saturday. Um I like Albany at Maine under 52 and a half. It's minus 109 on DraftKings. That is, it, it's 52 in some spots, 52 and a half. You know, you're still above that like 51 and a half, you know, key number, I think. Here's, here's the point I like here, okay? Albany on offense, they played one game, 38% success rate on offense. Maine is a 19% success rate on offense. Both teams are holding their opponents so far to under 40% success rate defensively and here's the kicker 
the weather tomorrow, where this game is going to be played, 36 degrees, 18 mile per hour winds. Like, I, I, offense is already sketchy in college football and even more so in, in FCS. I, I like this one. I don't know. Like, I hate under. Obviously, everybody hates betting unders. Everybody does. But I, I love this one. This is my new one. And it, it's a lower number, right? It's not 63 right. like VMI. But it's, it's one that I absolutely like. Yeah, I mean, I must be like a little bit of a sicko or something because I enjoy the sweat of unders at this point. It's like kind of like, I don't know, some sort of weird therapy thing for me. But I yeah. can get on it. It is a little bit lower um, than what we probably target. I do think we targeted like, what, a 63, 64 and a half in the Eastern Washington game last week. Uh, that one was a little bit of a sweat as well. But I do think if you're finding some of these middle mid-tier uh, totals basically on a given week, 52 and a half, probably five, fits you know right in that median range um i kind of like leaning under especially given the weather concern so i think you're you, right on that for sure do you think that that's a little bit like stockholm syndrome in the right. sense that like uh you know teams like I, ben we had a bet was that two weeks ago where we bet a second half i think it was murray state and um and we they fumbled the ball running the clock out their opponent goes and drives down and scores a touchdown and i'm like if we lose this this second half money line on a two point conversion i'm going to be so tilted and the coach down five kicked an extra point with like two minutes yeah, left and i'm thinking four. to myself like thank god we pushed this bet but how egregious was that and right. obviously they get no media so no one's going to be like how Hate much of a moron it. are you but there, there's sort of like this this um, this Stockholm syndrome thing where you're like, look, if these coaches are going to kill us with their their sort of their their bad play calling and all that, then I'm going to at least enjoy it by betting an under. I I, yeah. I like your I like your style there, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that is the correct approach as well. Because I mean. You know, it is kind of what you'd expect at certain points. Maybe not the best decision making, but um, in some of those more basic situations, you would expect the team to definitely go for two there. That was probably one of the more surprising things I've seen um, in the last year of watching football at basically any levels. You know, I'm not going for it there to kick. You know, to cut the lead basically to a field goal differential. With two it was minutes, you know? so I don't know. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's egregious at this point, but I do like it. I do like kind of approaching more unders um, in this FCS format setup, kind of as well. So it is okay. A what's more of a what's your favorite? Uh, what's your initial favorite uh, look here, Ben? Um, I don't know if it's. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to go with if if I'm locked into my favorite right away. I'm going Grambling State uh, minus two and a half. I do think if this number gets out to three, I probably still play it. But at two and a half, I do think it's probably my favorite play of the weekend, Grambling State. Uh, positive EPA per offensive play, right around a 50% success rate, and um, Prairie, Va Prairie View has basically been really lousy from an offensive standpoint. Um, I do like what Jerry Jeremy Hickbomb Hickbottom has done for Grambling State at quarterback redshirt senior. I mean, uh, he, this is kind of what he's playing for, right? Like, he came back for his senior season in the spring, uh, obviously he might have a little bit more football left in him, but I do think that he's playing really well, and I do think that they're probably going to roll to a pretty decent uh, covered victory on the road. So I expect Grambling State to easily cover um, probably below a field goal spread. That's you know what I would consider my lock of the week at this point. Is that something you can get yeah. behind? Yeah, and now thinking about that, the Grambling State game was on Saturday. The reason I remember that was because we were playing DFS uh, and we'll talk about that in a second here. And we had we had that the quarterback for Grambling State, right. and, and he played a good a good game. That was very much a situation where I think Grambling wasn't necessarily overvalued. It was the Jackson State with the highest recruiting ranking in all of FCS 
undervalued here. Um, I do think that they go. At, I do think that they they can cover this number here. Um, obviously, coming off of a loss too. That's that's sort of they're they're going to be pretty motivated here um, to come out and get one. Okay, let's think about some secondary ones here. Um, here's one that I like. Uh, I I also like. I'm going back to the well here. I'm going to go Dixie State plus four against Tarleton State. Dixie State has a positive EPA allowed on offense, a negative EPA allowed on defense. Um, you know, whereas Tarleton State, um, negative EPA on offense, they do have a pretty decent success rate, um, but just not that explosive yet. Um, they, they had a, a bang up game against, um, you know, they had a they had a bang up game against uh, New Mexico State. I right. think that was sort of a, uh, you know, a, a very uh, one off situation there. So give me the points with Dixie State here. Yeah, I mean, I do think this is kind of a spot where team their markets kind of evaluating what they did against that common opponent in New Mexico State, right? Obviously, New Mexico State came back, beat Dixie State last week. Uh, Tarleton State probably in a little bit of a spot where everyone was basically backing New Mexico State. I think um, Tarleton winning um, is kind of giving them probably a little bit more clout for this Week 5 match than what they probably deserve at this point. So I'm with you. I'm ready to go back to the well with Dixie State Dixie State as beat well. Tarleton State in their first game this season. So this is a, a home and home. Dixie right. State actually won the game on the road as what was it? They were our pick. They were 27 and yeah, a half. Yeah, you like that one. That was when you basically got on the uh, Dixie State bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. and, and point, even so. bet them second half because they were ahead at halftime. And that was one, again, where totally two mispriced teams, Tarleton State very much being, um, uh, you know, very much being loved for, uh, you know, their, their win against a, an FBS team. But obviously that, that that's a little bit um, sketchy. Last week, Dixie State would have covered the number if New Mexico State would have just ran the clock out and kicked a field goal like we were all expecting them right. to. That was another one, Ben, we talked about all year. Closing line value doesn't necessarily it not necessarily indicative of really anything. New Mexico State opened as three and a half point favorites. That's where we got Dixie State. Game closed, New Mexico one point favorite. So through a key number of three, right. um, almost to the point where you could have gotten a middle there, but New Mexico State blew it all up um, by scoring a touchdown at the end, as opposed to just kicking the game-winning field goal. So that you know, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Okay, Ben, what's another one that you like? So I'm gonna go back to the well. I've kind of been riding Southern Utah. I kind of like them a little bit at this point in time. They are zero and two, of course. They did cover in their first week as a dog. I think people kind of bought into them a little bit too heavily came back kind of laid an egg last week but i do really like them especially if you can get them out past you know a field goal right now they're at two and a half i do think if we get out to plus three i do think they're um you know could be right up there with grandly state as one of my favorite plays at two and a half um, i still think they're pretty viable they haven't been all that great defensively um allowed basically like a 47 percent success rate and all that but they you know have been a little bit better offensively i kind of like their quarterback justin miller um he had you know a really good week really good week throwing in their first matchup. I think he had like three big time throws. Obviously last week he was a little bit more off kilter at that point in time, but I think he's probably more uh, closer to the quarterback that he was in that first game than what he was last week. So I am kind of ready uh, to back Southern Utah. Cal Poly hasn't played a game yet this year. Obviously there's quite a bit unknown about them. So I'm going to lean with the team that I um, think has the better quarterback. And I do have a little bit more uh, data and background on at this point in time. So I like Southern Utah here. As a dog, I don't think they probably should be. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, Cal Poly first game of the season. Okay, here's my last one. I like 
Tennessee Tech getting four and a half against Murray State. Murray State, talked about them just a little bit ago, has won twice as underdogs so far. So I think people are sort of buying into that. When I watch this team, you're talking about a team less than a third of their plays on offense are successful. Um, and more than 44% of their plays on defense they're allowing are successful. A little bit, I, I think, luck so far going on. Their first game was abbreviated by rain and then, you know, came back. It, you know, they've, they've had some luck there. Tennessee Tech, um, you know, about the same efficiency, actually a better efficiency allowed defensively than Murray State and, you know, and a, and a better success rate on offense. So I don't know if this is a wrong team favorite situation, but if I'm getting four and a half here, um, with Tennessee Tech, I'm going to go ahead uh, and take it against Murray State. Yeah, I don't mind that whatsoever either. So uh, my last one, I'll give it out as well pretty quickly. Illinois State, North Dakota State. Obviously, North Dakota State hasn't been all that great without Trey Lance. Uh, they've been basically a little bit slightly negative EPA per offense play. Really bad from a passing perspective. I think they're like negative 0.28 EPA on pass plays, 39% success rate. Uh, it's been a little bit of a disaster. I think at home in the Dome, 37 and a half point total. I still think that's a little bit too low. So I get, I think they're going to get their offense rolling just a little bit here. Illinois State should be able to keep pace. I do think 37 and a half is probably going to fall here pretty quickly on Saturday for North Dakota State and Illinois State. So that's my last one over 37. Yeah, that's and a, a half. that's a tough one. If you it's if you like, it's going to be a grind. It was right? it was a grind. Um, the one game that North Dakota State went over their total, I believe, although I don't remember. It's the only game where they've had points scored right, in their game right. was the game they got they lost. Um, the other two games that they've won, they it's basically like held their opponent to a yeah, c- yeah. combined seven points in those two games. So a little bit interesting there. But, I mean, I can't go under 37 and a half, Ben. So right. I, I sort of understand what you're saying. Okay, moving on. Um, let's talk um, just – by the way, uh, just a, a little bit of a promo for PFF. Um, obviously, a PFF Elite, PFF Edge subscription gets you access to a lot of great stuff in the NFL. That's really that's the home run hitter there. But if you are into DFS, you're you're do you're dealing with a little bit of withdrawal. There are D, there are DFS options available on DraftKings um, during FCS last week. It was a, I believe, a two-game slate on Saturday and like a three-game slate on Sunday. And you know, you and I, Ben, all we did was you know use our elite subscription to PFF and go find you know the most efficient, the most volume-heavy yep. players at wide receiver, you know. Uh, running back um that's available to you with a pff uh you know college subscription we do have fcs graded and good for the 2000 and uh 2021 season so go ahead and get yourself one there we won't talk uh, about that quite as much unless there's some demand to do it next week um but let's move on to the nfl where a couple guys that you and you and I have bet a little bit on. We've seen the market move. One, you and I are holding some money on Javante Williams plus 700 to be the first running back taken, and that number is now plus 500 on DraftKings. Ben, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't really know if I love Javante Williams at plus 500. If you got plus 700 when we first wrote it up, obviously you're sitting uh, pretty good at this point in time. I think another noteworthy thing, um, Najee Harris is basically up there at minus 110. I think Travis Etienne has kind of fallen off just a little bit from his pro day um, in that first running back drafted market. But um, I don't know. I'm still I'm still probably leaning heavily towards Javante Williams, even at the different price i will go back on what i said just a little bit earlier i think he's still probably my favorite play at plus 500 even but if you were listening to uh you know us last week 
or the week before, I do think we could have had you on Javante Williams at the best price. So we'll just see if it breaks for you. Is there anything else uh, you're liking in well, the draft market at this point, Eric? And that's what I, you know, and that's what I said on the PFF forecast. Uh, I think last Sunday was when we were talking about Mac Jones. Um, I wrote an article about Mac Jones on Monday. Yeah. Um, I, I did a Twitter poll on Friday. He was the first number hung by DraftKings at 18 and a half. That thing got to 17 and a half by the time I sent uh, my article in to my editor. Uh, and then by the time, you know, a day later is 15 and a half. So right. you got three selections of closing selection spots of closing line value by the time that got out. We had talked about it on this podcast last week at 18 and a half. The, the point of draft props right now isn't necessarily, well, of course it, it is to be right, right? Obviously we believe in the efficient market um, more or less for a lot of these things. Some markets are more efficient than others. Right. But the point is to get the good numbers now. And that's why you and I are stressing, you know, Zach Wilson at minus 167 for be the second overall pick. Now it's minus 305. We have options now. Right. Um, you know, Panay Sewell, we got him, I think, at, you know, minus 1,000. Now it's like minus 1,100, right? Like that's not quite as much. That's not a huge difference, but at least you're in a better spot than when you bet it. Same thing with Javante Williams. Now with Mac Jones, you're looking at 15 and a half. Like now, you, now it's, I think, you know, being pounded more into place where you're thinking more about a 50-50 bet. And that's the point. Like we want to talk about these things, not necessarily to say what we think will happen, but what wh which way we think the market will move. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, I think an important discussion um, that, that we'll continue to have. And speaking of discussions, we're going to continue to have next week, free agency, first time, you know, Monday is the, the tampering period uh, is starting. Um, we're going to have, you know, live shows at the PFF studio, but we're also going to have uh, three versions of this podcast. One will air on Tuesday morning, one will air on Thursday morning, and then Ben and I will be back for this one that will air on Saturday morning. So we are going to have you covered uh, on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast talking about how these moves affect the betting markets, how they affect the draft props market. I'm really looking forward to this next week. It should be uh, a really exciting time uh, for football fans and football bettors. Right, definitely. I mean, you, I couldn't have said it better myself, Eric. I am right with you on that 100%. We're going to be here, you know, three days. And then I think, you know, we're going to be heading into draft season, draft prop season. So I think we're going to be uh, ready to kind of roll here. And I think next week is going to see um, you know, some more of these markets start to open up. Maybe we get some more, you know, over-unders on some of these player prop positions in the draft market. I think we're going to be able to find some of that value here right away coming up next week. So make sure you tune into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Absolutely. So for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. You have been listening to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Podcast.